This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hey, let's get these fucking picks in, eh? What do you say? Gotta get a little drink, little little podcast juice. What's up? Hopefully I sound better. It was Christmas morning for your boy today. I'm on vacation at work. I was going to work a couple days. Say, nah, too hot. Too hot in that motherfucker. Let me take the week off. Beautiful daughter's birthday was on uh, Tuesday. And you guys know you're going to get a little geek talk here in the beginning. I apologize. Just a little bit of geek talk. So I've been running my, my podcast on the Roadcaster Pro from Rode. Beautiful company out of Australia. Gorgeous company. So they released the second one, which made my dick go, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's 800 bucks or 700 bucks. Excuse me. I told you, you know, gambling winnings would have been nice, blah, blah, blah. I ended up getting it anyway. I said, fuck it, Brian. You deserve it, mate. You deserve it. So I go and I pre order from Best Buy because I got a credit card from Best Buy. I say, yeah, I'm going to put this on the Best Buy one. However, I am a big fan of BH Photo and Video. They are a great website. They were the first ones to come out with a video for the Rocaster Pro 2. So I said, you know what? They're probably going to get it first. Best Buy is kind of clueless, at least when it comes to the audio stuff, right? And, you know, people don't like Best Buy. Everyone's going on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yada. You know, Amazon, you know, that's where everyone goes. Anyway, my hair is a fucking disaster. If you're on video right now, MMA takes podcast on uh, on YouTube. Go check out this fucking disaster of a hair. Anyway, so your boy goes, I get a gut feeling. I go, you know what? You know what? Best Buy ain't going to cut it. So I canceled that and just straight order from BH, right? Pre-order. It was supposed to be released on the 14th of um, of uh, June, my beautiful daughter's birthday. However, that was like, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, because they're, they're releasing from Australia, whatever, whatever the case may be, doesn't matter. So I, I ordered from BH Photo. Shout out bhphotoandvideo.com. An amazing website. So I ordered from them. I had emailed other places because I'm a fucking psycho. No one had information. Eh, we're going to get it when we get it. You're looking late June. You're looking whatever. BH Photo kind of said the same thing. If you order now, you're probably looking at, you know, June 28th or whatever it was. And, you know, two weeks away. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Not a patient guy. Not patient. <clears throat> so I order it. Uh, I cancel my order. Order this on Monday. It was on Monday. So I did kind of late. BH Photo sends me email shipping on Wednesday. I get it today. Come from New Jersey. So I'm rocking with it right now. I got it literally like an hour ago. I don't have all the bells and whistles set up yet. You got the intro. You got the outro. It's a new outro. You'll listen to it on the way out. Um, got me on video, giving out these fire picks. But uh, it's dense, man. You got to really get in there. You got to go fucking balls deep to really get this thing properly just situate it, and uh, I just don't have enough time. I got to give these fire picks. We got 14 fucking picks, and I'm excited. Excited. Talk about dick moving. Excited for this uh, this UFC fight night. It is unbelievable. I think the next two weeks are great. Next week, the 25th, we got my boy Chris Curtis, so I'm excited about that. But this is a strong fight card, and before I jump in, I like a lot of dogs. Dogs are sitting pretty. The slime ball is very low. Plus numbers only, yes. But the slime ball is sitting very low on the plus number totem pole. I shared it with my boys, who are the most positive people in the world, and they said, eh, 
need a little more juice out of it. You know what I mean? Gonna need a little more juice, Bri. So that sucked, but um, we need a rebound. One point to Unison last week, but I love this card. I love a lot of dog spots. I am taking a few chalky spots. 14 fights. Main event's great. <clears throat> Already broke down four four fights in the end. Florian. We'll touch those at the end. Those are the four main fights. We'll obviously touch on those in. Nothing has changed. I did throw uh, one of us, send them home on that. Um, but let's get going. Let's dive right on in. First fight of the night, Phil Haas. Minus 265. Actually, you know what? They switched this with Dawkins and Delizzi. My topology sheet is a little mixed up. So we're going to go topology so we don't confuse the masses. First fight of the night. Redo. Boop, 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 boop. Kyle Dawkins. He's a minus 235 versus Roman Delizze plus 195. This is the hardest fight for me to pick on the entire card. It was. It was the hardest fight to pick because... Kyle Dock is very good, but Roman Delice is, is, is good at that one thing, getting you to the ground. He's also good at being hairy and cheating and stealing wives. He's really good at those three things, getting you to the ground, being hairy, and, and stealing wives. However, he is a very well-rounded MMA fighter, and if you look at his record, he's fought pretty well in the UFC. This is the guy who I like because he's won, he lost to Chevin Giles not too long ago, which was a very, very close fight. I actually had uh, Delice winning that fight, but it is what it is. But I love... When he first started in the UFC, came in, won by knockout, he will big drop the guy, finished on the ground, but then he'll look at his corners like, you want me to go for the knee bar? All right, I'll go for it, man. Pulls the knee bar, doesn't get it. It's like, hey, if you're going to be that cocky pulling a move like that, you better get these fucking knee bars. You better be Claudio Pulas. You better be Roman Parolic. You ain't nobody on those. You're pulling these fuck. Ah, phone, phone's not on. That, that's a rookie mistake there. Phone needs to be on uh needs to be on silent that's on me rusty excited little kid um but uh you know but he's, he's just a little bit of a cocky guy right his ufc wins kalita's uh Imber, I, Igor Brimov? heidi dean help me on that one stinks guy the guy didn't win a ufc fight destroyed in the first round john Lyon split decision john Lyon pretty durable trevin giles who was a solid fighter however i did think he lost that fight in lawrence Tarpoli, who i do not know of is loriana Tarpoli in the ufc anymore and to kyle dawkins obviously kyle dawkins coming off Jamie Pickett, Darce win, looked great. Before that, he was dominating Kevin Holland. Clash of heads is what it is. Uh, but in my opinion, I thought I thought Kyle Dawkins should have got that W. So I'm going to go Dawkins here. I'm going to go Dawkins on the chalk at minus 235. I'm not overly confident with it. Here's what really kind of broke me through getting to the right pick on this fight. Was Delizzi is a guy that likes to take you down, hold you down, pound you out a little bit. But he does slow down. And he has a tendency to just kind of lay on top of you. That's what he did with Giles. That's how he lost that fight. Kyle Dock is very good in the scrambles. I think his wrestling is a little underrated. His jujitsu is very good. His striking is very good. Got kind of that weird body type, but he's got long arms. He likes to throw straight punches. Delizzi is a big, powerful, explosive guy in that first round. Probably going to win that first round. Dawkins, I think, needs to just not be so worried about being off his back, right? He needs to get up, right? You know, quit playing jujitsu all the time. Because the way these judges are scoring, you laying on top of a guy, if a guy's working and you're not doing nothing, they ain't going to give you that round. So Delizzi, that's what he does. I mean, the guy acts like he's got a fucking arsenal of leg locks. He hasn't been able to submit anybody with a leg lock in the UFC. So I like Dawkins. The price is a little high for me at minus 235. But I do like the Dawkins bros. I think he's going to win here. This is a matchup they've made like three or four times. It finally is on the books. Hopefully we see it Saturday. Um, I think this is going to be... 
a decision play here. I don't know if I'm going to touch money line because Dawkins, if he fell below under 200, I might be would play him in some kind of a parlay. Roma Delite, however, people might be looking at this going, listen, this guy could take this guy down. He can lay on him. He can, you know, he can rough him up on the feet. Um, but I do think cardio is an issue. And uh, the number's good on Delice, but give me Kyle Dawkins for the dub. Don't have a strong lean on how that's going to get ended up. I'm going to say decision. I'm going to say decision. I've actually been pretty good on my props so far this year, so you, you might want to trust me. I'm going to say decision. Access this big brain. Ba, 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 ba. Decision. All right, next up, Phil Hawes. Here we go. He's a minus 265 favorite versus Duran Wynn who is a plus 215 underdog. This line is erroneous. And let me tell you why. Deron Wynn hasn't had the most impressive UFC run. He's DC's buddy. He's completely undersized for 185 pounds, completely undersized for 205 pounds. However, this guy's coming off his best win. Antonio Rowe uses wrestling. Before that, Jared Merskart, very close fight. He's getting tagged on the feet a little bit on that fight. Got taken down, got choked out, gassed out. Cardio is an issue. Darren Stewart, fight I thought he won. Darren Stewart, he landed big, big shots on Stewart on the feet. His boxing is pretty clean. He's fast for being the undersized guy. Uh, I thought he beat Darren Stewart. It was a very, very close fight. Again, slowed down. Eric Spicely, his debut, looked okay. Spicely is a veteran, not a world beater. However, slowed down. You see the theme here? Antonio Royal is a fight where he just wrestled. He wrestled the entire time, didn't really want to stand up. Royal's a big guy, good jiu-jitsu. Deron Wynn took him down. Didn't really gas out. I saw a picture of Deron Wynn on, on Instagram. Shred City. Now, these two dudes are on the different kind of scale of fucking the body types. Phil Hawes is a giant, ripped-up, 185-pounder, solid wrestler. Deron Wynn, short, stubby. Looks like he's in phenomenal shape for what he is, but... Body types, you know, they don't mean much, but when you come watch the stare downs, they're going to mean much. Here's the X factor, and here's why I'm rocking with the 215 Deron win. Phil Haas has no chin. Phil, this is a bad matchup for Phil Haas. I think Deron win. I don't know who's the better wrestler. I think probably Hawes is on paper, but I don't think Hawes is going to be the better wrestler in the fight. I think they're going to want to stand up. I think Hawes is going to want to stand up like he did with my boy Chris Curtis. He does have decent stand-up. His power is there, but lately it looks like he's been taking a little off the power to throw some combinations. Um, I think if Deron Wynn is patient, I think he takes him apart here. I think he lands a big right hand and puts him away. Deron Wynn by TKO is my play. I like Deron Wynn by plus 215. By TKO is going to be a crazy, crazy number. Uh, maybe not, because I think Vegas knows Phil Hall has a dog shit chin. Um, but give me Deron Wynn at the underdog price here. I really like it. Plus 215. I know he's kind of like a guy. Like, if he doesn't win this fight, he's probably gone. Uh, and Phil Hall's, I think a lot of people think he has more of the upside, right, coming to the UFC. But he's got his shit rocked a few times, and Deron Wynn can crack, and he's fast in there, and I think he's going to cancel out the wrestling. So I think this is a bad matchup for Phil Halls. Now, what could happen if Phil Halls can go in there and just body this dude up? You know what I mean? And I could be completely wrong, but nuts on the table. I ain't backsliding. I ain't talking about what could happen, what would happen. I ain't talking every other side. I'm talking winners. Plus 215, Deron Wynn, give it to me. Next up, Cody Stamen versus Eddie Wineland. Cody Stamen minus 500. Eddie Wineland is a plus 480. I didn't know Eddie Wineland was still fighting. Eddie Wineland, WC never die, baby. Uh, I had to look at his record because it's embarrassing to me. Obviously, I knew he shot Sean, fought Sean O'Malley back in 2020. 
He's been fighting once a year since 2017. Once a year, John Dodson, then he got his jaw broke. Then he came in against Alejandro Perez in 2018, looked like dog shit. Then he came in versus Grigal Popov, looked good, won by knockout. Year later in 2020, fights Sean O'Malley, gets a shit rock first round. John K. Serrata gets a shit rock first round in 2021. He's getting Cody Stamen, who fancies himself a little bit of a boxer nowadays. However, his bread and butter is the ground. He's fought some elite guys. He, he struggled with, like, the Marabs. He struggled with the Saad and Um, And he's on a three-fight losing streak because, you know, he's, he's fighting, th- coming off three beasts here. That doesn't matter because I think a lot of people are like me, like, Eddie Wineland is still fighting? You know, it is what it is. I like Eddie Wineland. He's an OG. Uh, I'm getting a message from a guy on Twitter saying, take Eddie by knockout. I don't know. You got more balls than me. I think Cody Stamen's a lock here. I almost made him my mortal lock, but minus 500, it's a little bit too slimy for even a guy like me. I like Stamen here. I think he's going to be faster. Believe it or not, Eddie Wineland's going to slow down. He does have fast hands, not much defense. I think Stamen just needs to keep his hands up for round one, look for some takedowns. Eddie Wineland doesn't have the most, the, the best takedown defense. At least he hasn't. I mean, he could be working on stuff, but he is a little bit of an older dog, so I doubt it. I think Stamen's just a better athlete everywhere. I think he's going to, I think he's, I have decision right here written down, but I think there's gonna he's gonna find a way to get get Eddie out of there. I think he wants to finish here, coming off three losses. He thinks he's an elite guy. I think he could be an elite guy. He's fighting tough competition. This is a little bit of a layup for him. So either he's gonna go in and play it safe, or he's gonna go in there and want to put a stamp on it. I would want to go in there and put a stamp on it. So I will bet that as Stamen by finish. Maybe TKO, maybe submission. We'll see what the line is. Slime ball candidate number one, baby. Boom. I know it's chunky. We need to, we're eight nine in the year. We need to get a win minus five hundred. Listen, if Stamen loses, I'll buzz the head. I'll fucking t- staple it to my face. No, don't hold me to that. I can't do that. I will shit my head if I need to. But uh, I just I feel really good about Stamen in that situation. All right, next up, Gloria De Paula versus Maria Oliveira. Minus two sixty for De Paula, plus two twenty for Oliveira. Uh, Brazilian ladies just getting down here at 115. I do not know much about Maria Oliveira. I did look her up. She made a UFC debut against Tabitha Ricci not too long ago, back in October. Ricci's a beast. I get it. She looked pretty good. Lost by decision. Gloria DePaula, a little bit more of a vet, been in the UFC for a little bit. Came out of the contender series. Ran in a junior fry. Lost the decision. Close competitive fight. Cheyenne Vismas, a.k.a. Cheyenne Buys, a.k.a. Roma deletes a slam piece. Uh, she got knocked out by her in the first round, and then she's coming off a win over Diana, Diana Belbita, which I got wrong. Diana Belbita is a girl who I think is very talented on the feet, very well-rounded mixed martial arts, and Gloria DePaula looked like she upped her level there. So I'm going chalk here. I'm going to Gloria DePaula. Don't have a strong lean either way. Again, it's women's MMA. It's my Achilles heel. I did look into this fight. The next women's fight, I have a more stronger lean on, but Gloria DePaula is my pick. Minus 260, nothing sexy, nothing crazy. Um, you know, I don't have, you know, I just don't have, you know, this show's called MMA takes. Don't have the best take on that fight. Can you believe that? Maybe it's called MMA shit takes. Get it together, Brian. All right. Next up, Danny Chavez plus 245 versus Hakata Almos. Remember in Brazil's, they don't really pronounce their R's there. So you got to go Hakata Romos. I bought you that. Um, another really tough fight for me to pick because I'm not a huge Ramos guy. I think he has fallen short in some of his fights. I think he's looked good, and I think he's fallen short. You know, he's been with the UFC for since what since 2017, right? Three fight win streak over kind of nobody. He's got say a numbering Mayoff, who's a fucking stud. 
Lost by body kick punches round one. Journey Newsom, good win. Eduardo Gargori, Renegade Show, you mean blah, blah. Get lost to Lerone Murphy. He's a fucking stud. Ground and pound round one. Bill Algio is the one that I keep coming back to because Bill Algio is a very interesting guy. He's not the, the best guy in the world. He's not the best UFC record, but he's hard to get out of there. Decision win. I know a lot of people disagree with that decision, but that is a win. And then you got Zaburo Trigorgoff, uh, uh, Khabib's boy, decision loss, which is a very close fight. Then you enter Chavez, who looked like a world beater, looked like a Miami killer entering against TJ Brown, chopped up Brown's legs, looked unbeatable, looked unbelievable, take down the fence on point, stand up on point, looked like a coiled spring ready just to explode. Big, big time power. Comes up against Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon goes, you know what? You're more athletic. You're more Miami than me. I'm just going to slow you down and take you down and bust you up. And he did, and he looked very pedestrian. Then he gets against Kai Kamaka, who I think is a pretty decent prospect, majority draw. So you have to Ramos here, and I think Chavez has ability to look good. I think he has ability to kind of be inconsistent. He has one UFC win over... TJ Brown, who's, who's not an elite guy, he has that loss to, um, to uh, blah, 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 what I just said. Jared Gordon, who I think is a pretty middle-of-the-road guy, but he got dominated. And then Kai Kamaka. So it's kind of ugly here because Ramos has the better resume, been the UFC longer, has the length, has the skills. But at plus 245, you're giving me Danny Chavez from Miami, Florida. Yeah, sorry for yelling. I'm taking the dog here, man. I, I think Chavez has got the dog in him. I think he's going to outlast Ramos here. I think Ramos has a little more skill, but I think Chavez is going to kick his legs up. I think he's going to stay at distance. I think it's going to be a patient fight for him, um, and I think he can hurt Ramos if he lands on him. The thing is, we got to have Chavez throwing. He can't be standing in mud. He can't be staring at Ramos or Ramos is going to pick him apart. I don't think Ramos is going to be able to take him down. He's going to want to. I think Chavez's takedown defense is pretty good. Um, obviously, going against a non-wrestler, Jared Gordon is a pretty good wrestler. Ricardo Ramos is more of a jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu guy, not much of a wrestler, plus his body length. I'm not afraid of doubles. Maybe body lock takedowns, but I'm not afraid of double legs. I'm going to go Chavez at plus 245. I like it. I'm going to play it because we're chasing plus money tickets here, babe. We need to get back. I just spent $700 on this thing. We need to get back, baby, okay? So plus money tickets only. Well, not only, but for this, yes. Next up, Jeremiah Wells versus Court McGee. Jeremiah Wells currently, I got these lines two hours ago, currently plus 100. Slight dog versus Court McGee, minus 120. This blows my mind. Listen, I am high on Jeremiah Wells. Very, very high in Jeremiah Wells. I think he's a very, very good fighter. But Court McGee, time in and time out, is the toughest matchup for anybody. They gave him Sean Brady a while ago. And Sean Brady looked great. And Sean Brady's a stud. He'll fight for a title one day. And Court was getting dominated most of the fight. Won the third. This guy just doesn't stop. He's 37. I thought he was 47. Won the ultimate fighter, has a crazy life story. This guy's a fighter. He doesn't quit. He's been finished, I think, one time in the UFC, right? Ponsonibio is the only one to knock him out. Look at this record. Ponsonibio got a win over my former teammate, Dominic Steele, which very, you know, whatever fight. Lost to Ben Saunders, lost to Strong Striction. This is all at 170. Wins over Alex Garcia. Split decision loss over Diego Lima, which I thought he won. Sean Brady, fight where, you know, he won the third round. Carlos Connett, where Connett... 
He decided to stand with Conant. I don't know what his game plan was. But then the Claudio Silva, he's back to himself. R- Ramiz Brahmajaj, back to himself. He's going to give Jeremiah Wells fits here. And I like Jeremiah Wells. He's teammates with Sean Brady. He's similar to Sean Brady. He's only two years younger than Court McGee, which is fucking mind-boggling. Um, but his UFC record so far, he's he's pretty good. Worley Ivers finished him. Blood Diamond finished him. Blood Diamond has no ground game. But, you know, Jeremiah Wells went out there and did what he had to do. You know what I mean? He beats the men you put in front of him, right? That's all you can do. You look at his losses. Manny Wallow, who's a good striker, I believe, right? Is this, is this the guy I'm thinking of? No, this isn't the guy I'm thinking of. Excuse me. Um, Manny Wallow and then and then Vincent DeJesus, 9-5. and five. Not the best looks, not the best uh, losses on his record, but I think he's getting better. I kind of love that he's a plus here because not only am I going to take him, he was going to be my mortal lock. I flirted with him as my mortal lock, but at the dog money, we're going to dog lock him. I don't have the dog uh, soundbite here. What do I got here? Yeah, way to go, Brian. Way to go, Brian. There you go. So I just got some applauses, some generic stuff here. What else I got? Record scratch. I mean, that's not going to apply to anything. But I like Jeremiah Wells here. I think it's going to be crazy. I think he's going to win the decision. It's going to be really tough to finish court. He better have cardio. He better be patient because court's coming with cardio. Court's coming with those takedowns. He's fucking relentless. Sean Brady hopefully got in the gym with this guy and said, here's what you got. Don't drop that third round. Jeremiah Wells has big power in his hands. He's very good on the ground. He's, um, you know, not the biggest guy for 170, which I think is going to help him here because that means he's not cutting a lot of weight. He's a little bricked up, I guess, but I think it's going to be hard for Court McGee to get that little body to the ground. That's what I'm convincing myself. But I like Jeremiah Wells here by decision. Um, But, man, it's hard to bet against Court McGee. I tell you that right now. But my confidence is an all-time high. See something Jeremiah Wells. This is a really good test the UFC's given him here. Again, Court McGee's low-key. Court McGee's kind of the boogeyman of that division, right? He's got a ton of losses, but no one wants to fight him. He's such an awkward fight. No matter who you are, unless you're Ponsonibio, you ain't going to look good. You know what I mean? You're going to win a decision. Everyone wants to finish, and that decision is not going to be dominant. Court's going to win at least a round, maybe a half a round. He's going to make you work. Low-key kind of the boogeyman at 170. Not a lot of people signing up to fight that guy. All right, here we go. And uh, I do not know how to pronounce this girl's name. Jasmine. Let's do it together, baby. Jasmine Joseph. Fuck you, Brian. Jasmine Josephicius versus Natalie Silva. Natalia, Natalia Silva. There you go. I'm going to say Jasmine. I'm going to go Silva because I don't want to embarrass myself. I'll keep it short and sweet. I love the cut of Jasmine's jib, baby. I love the cut of it. She debuted in the UFC. She looked good. Well, first off, she came out of the contender series, looked good against my sweet baby K. Kind of dominated that fight. I know K is a little limited at this point. And she's getting Natalia Silva, who I believe is making a UFC debut. A lot of armbar wins on the record, but. Very sloppy, very green. She's got the typical Brazilian record where it's like Jungle Fight 11. She's fighting Cab Jiber number one. You know, there's not a lot of substance to her record. Everyone in Brazil fights Marina Rodriguez. That's what I've learned. Every Brazilian woman from 125 to 115 to maybe 135, they got Marina Rodriguez on a record. And it's a loss. What a stud she is. I can't wait for her to get her title shot. But I like Jasmine here. Jasmine all week's been talking about Listen, I, I need to get a finish. I need to finish this girl. I need to make a statement. I need to come out. 125, and she's right, is wide open. 
Canadian needs a fighter right now. They need someone. I think Jasmine could be it. I thought she looked good in her debut. Her one loss is a split decision loss to Elise Reed, who is kind of an awkward fighter forever ago. So give me Jasmine here by finish. That's how I'll play it. Minus 230 is a little high for MMA, for a women's MMA fight where they're both still kind of green, still kind of new. But by finish is a number that I'm going to play. Um, probably by TKO. I, I see her winning by TKO knockout or something like that. That's how I'm going to look at this fight. That's how I'm going to play this fight. That's the big brain talking right there. Give me Jasmine. Not going to pronounce her last name again. I won't do it. My phone just went off. It looked like a big message. Oh, man. Some DMs. I'm not going to pronounce her name again. So don't ask. All right, here we go. Jasmine nailed it. All right, next up, fight I'm looking forward to a whole hell of a lot. Adrian Yanez. Minus 280 versus Tony Kelly, plus 235. As you know, I'm not a big fan of Tony Kelly. The guy ran his mouth uh, about some uh, about an entire country, entire race of people. I'm not for that shit, right? Call them dirty Brazilians. I don't care if your woman's fighting or not. You, you, that's part of you. Then you double down on it. Fuck you, Tony Kelly. So just out of pure principle, I wouldn't pick Tony Kelly, right? He is a solid fighter. He's a little wild. He's good on the feet. He wants to get the fight to the ground. His jiu-jitsu is very good. Yanez, that's the big thing is everyone's like, oh, if you want to beat Adrian Yanez, you got to take him down. You look at his losses, it's guys that have been able to take him down. He has fixed that, right? He looked a little slow in his last fight. Uh, I believe it was against uh, my favorite guy ever, Davey Grant. Split decision win. He looked very clean in that fight, and Davey looked a little wild. And the wildness got to Yanez. It hit Yanez a lot. Uh, uh, but he didn't give up any takedowns. Tony Kelly isn't wild. He's an awkward like David Grant. He's very kind of one y likes to throw box, you know, likes to throw boxing combinations, isn't much of a kicker. I think Yanez is going to pick him apart. Yanez starts slow, and I think Tony really needs to try to capitalize on it when he starts slow. I think he needs to jump on him, maybe try for some takedowns, whatever. Uh, but I like Yanez big here, minus 280. I'm motor locking him. Don't have the sound bite. God damn it. What do I got? Motor lock. It's not a joke. Yanez Morlock, slime ball candidate number two. Let's fucking go. Um, I think every time Yanez has fought, he's been in the slime ball. I've been not confident in the kid. And I like this matchup for him. Thought he was going to get a little bit bigger of a name. Tony Kelly, you know, was he one and one in the UFC, two and one in the UFC? Um, and a lot of people want to watch this guy get his fucking head smashed because because uh, of uh, of his bigotry. Uh, fuck this guy. All right, next up, Julian Marquez, plus 150 versus Robocop, Gregory Rodriguez. Tough fight to cap here, boys, because Julian Marquez is a big, strong dude, iron head, and Gregor Rodriguez is, is exceeded my expectations um, since he's came into the UFC. I don't think he has a loss in the UFC, right? Yeah. No, he lost his last fight to Petrosian. Very, very close fight. I don't know if he really lost that fight. But before that, knocked out my guy Josh Frem in the LFA. Gets a decision whenever Juice go to a uh, Junior Park knocked him out in the second round, which is a big win. Uh, tried other contender series, got knocked by Jordan Williams, which is when I cat fights and I look back at these these losses and I see Jordan Williams KO this guy. It's like, whoa, he's been buzzed before. Duco, Dusko buzzed him. Josh Friend buzzed him. Junior Park buzzed him. Don't know if Armin buzzed him too much. Probably did. I don't remember that fight off the top of my head. But Julian Marquez, this guy took a while to get back to the octagon. What did he take off? One of the contender series knocked out Phil Hawes, had a huge, nice little name to him comes in fights darian stewart front choke great takes a year off fights the chikyo and then takes three years off after the chikyo split decision loss gets macky where he's losing 
understandable. Mackey's tough. Three years off. Wins in the third round. And then he rear naked chokes Sam Alvey in a fight where he's completely dominating. I can tell you right now, he's not rear, rear naked choking Gregor Rodriguez. Gregor Rodriguez is a very good Jiu-Jitsu player. He might want he might, he might, might, might want to stand up with um with Julian Marquez here. Marquez, I think his stand-up is okay. I think it's powerful. Um, both these guys have a tendency to fade. They're big, thick boys for 185. I like Robocop here. I'm leaning Robocop. I'm gonna give it to Robocop. I'm not confident. I think if I'm going to take a shot, it's going to be RoboCop by submission. I played that last time against Petrosian. He played the ground game, but it didn't look super clean to me. His ground game, he's this world champion jiu-jitsu guy. He's obviously out there fucking, uh, he, you know, he's out there learning stand-up and MMA, so his jiu-jitsu is whatever, but he has a draw against Joe Selecki, who's a 155-pounder. That was back in, 20, in the UFC in Invitational, and then Cody Steele was the unanimous win. So he's not their submitting guy. So maybe a decision win will be a better play. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the submission win. Julian Marquez obviously has a good submission game himself. Probably decision play. You know, <clears throat> I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Let's go decision play. Podcast juice. Next fight. One of the fights. I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to the most, but I got a lot of intrigue. I've crossed out <clears throat> who I thought was going to win in this fight. We got Demir Uzmagulov versus Guram Kutsalatse. I probably butchered the name. Guram is Khabib's guy. Debuted against Matus Cameron, who's main eventing next week. Very, very close fight. Good striker. Good cardio. Take down offenses. Okay. <clears throat> My throat is betraying me. It is betraying me. Take down, take down offenses. Okay. Demir, this guy's 21 and 3. Doesn't lose the fucking fight to anybody. Who did he lose to? Ramazan Estebaev, who's 10 and 3. Look at him. <laughs> the picture of this guy, dude. He's got the weirdest head. He's like, his arms are this big. His head's this big. I mean, how tall is he? He's 5'8". This guy's every bit of 5'4". Fuck off, 5'8". 10 and 3 is a pretty good record, though. He's hasn't left Russia, though. He's off a two-fight lose streak. Um, but he has a win over Demir Uzmagulov all the way back in 2015. Other than that, this guy's just rattling off wins. Uh, in the UFC, obviously undefeated in the UFC. Came in over from M1. Joe Alvarez is a victim of it. Tiago Moises, Rafael Alves, which made it a really fun fight because Alves clipped him in that fight. Demir does everything right. He's a good striker. He's a good grappler. Good cardio. This is going to be a drag-out fight. This isn't going to be easy because Guram is training with, with those beasts in Sweden. He's training with... with um, with uh, Chemaev, and they're working on his takedown defense. They know what people are going to want to do. They're going to take him down. Demir's going to take him down. Demir can mix things up very, very well, but he's going to want to take him down. Grom does have some power. I don't think he has the most technical stand-up, but there's definitely some power in his hands for sure. Um, and I, I originally had him because I liked the number. Then I bounced back to Demir. Then I bounced back to him. I'm going to go with Ismagulov here. I'm going to go Demir. I'm going to go Chalk. It's light Chalk. Minus 165, I like it by decision, but it's going to be close. It is going to be close. This is going to be a good live betting hedge out spot. I think uh, there's going to be probably a good plus number after one of these rounds. There's going to be a dominated round, and then Demir could fall off a cliff or Grom could fall off a cliff. I don't really know. I'm excited to find out. There's just not enough about Grom, right? He beat Mantus Gamron in a very close fight. He is Chemaev's boy. He's training at All-Stars in Sweden, which is an amazing gym. He's looked good outside the UFC. He's 12 and 2. 
get good some good knockouts, and then you got Demir, who's just like this guy's just like he just fucking wins. He's twenty one and three, twenty three and one. Excuse me. Uh, give me Demir. I don't love it. I don't know how I'm going to play that fight. I'm so excited for the fight that I'm definitely going to bet it. I just don't know how yet. Just don't know how. If that makes sense. All right, Joaquin Buckley versus Abba Durev. We broke this down on the Anakin Forian podcast. I believe Kenny picked Durev. Kenny's a sharp of all sharps. I like Buckley here. I think he's more explosive. Durev has been knocked out three times in his career. I think Buckley is going to be at least well-prepared for the takedowns. I think he's got to come out and throw some heavy hands. He's going to be a little patient like everyone is when they when they fight takedown artists. They're going to be patient, and then it, it's gonna, they're going to trap up, and they're not going to throw because they'll be worried about that takedown. Drive can be pretty aggressive. If he comes in there pretty aggressive, he's going to run into something. Joaquin Buckley cracks hard. Uh, he's plus 190 as well. Durev is minus 225. That's a good num- That's a good dog play right there. I like Buckley by KO. Same game parlays on DraftKings. I think I like that to get a little bit better of your number because I think the only way Buckley wins is, is, is by KO. Trust me, I've been wrong before. I thought the only way year he was going to win was by KO, and he fucking choked Glover out in fifth round. You know what I mean? So... Uh, fuck me, but I do like that same game parlay there. I like Buckley at plus 190 plus by knockout, um, which probably isn't going to be the craziest number in the world, but I do like that. If the number's not juicy enough, just play Buckley. I, I'm pretty confident in this dog play here. Um, the Russian ragdoll machine. Not every Russian can win. They're good to lose, and Buckley has the recipe. He's athletic. He's explosive. His takedown offense is, is in the middle of the road, but he's got big power against a guy who's been chinny. Let's go. Uh, Tim Means versus Kevin Holland. Tim Means plus 225. Kevin Holland minus 280. Like this fight a lot. Was going to add this to my slime ball parlay. I backed off. I picked Holland. Rocking with Holland. I think he'll get the finish later in this fight, but that first round is going to be pretty aggressive here. Tim Means is going to come at him. Tim Means knows what he's going to do. He's a vet. He's going to know what he needs to do. He's going to get in there. He's going to get in his face. He's going to fuck him up. Start messing with Kevin Holland's confidence. Do something, right? Kevin starts a little slow. At least he did against Oliveira, especially with his weight cut being new or whatever. Looks to be in phenomenal shape. I just think Kevin's more explosive, more powerful. Has more ways to win. They're both very similar fighters, so you, they fight very similar. They can knock you out. They can choke you out. Wrestling is at a standstill. Um, and they're built kind of the same for this division as well. I know Tim Means used to go to 155, which is crazy, but they're built similar. Kevin obviously being the bigger guy, but... Um, Kevin, just a younger, more explosive guy. I got to go with that. Minus 280 is a little bit high of a number, um, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Joe Lowe's on with Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone, Cowboy, minus 165. Cerrone, plus 140. Or excuse me, Lowe's on plus 140. This will be the third time breaking down this fight. I try to keep it short and sweet, so I'm not repeating myself. I like Lowe's on. He starts fast, and Cowboy starts slow. So I got to go with the fast starter, especially when it's plus 140. This is a great live betting spot because... Um, you know, it, it, if it gets out of the first round, man, Cowboy. I mean, Joe puts everything in that first round. Cowboy has never had cardio issues, and he could easily take over the fight. There's no way this fight goes to the decision. I would bet the under. I bet fight doesn't go to the decision. I bet, you know, someone finishes. Whatever side you're on, there's a lot of ways to bet this fight. Glad they rebooked it. Joe Lozon is my send him home. More locks send him home. Those are my three locks. I'll, re- I'll recap it at the end of the show. Um, but that's it. Yeah, those are those are uh, th- those are fun fights. All right, main event: Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett. Calvin Cater minus two forty versus Josh Emmett plus two hundred. Again, I broke this down pretty well. I thought on the Anakin Florian. Maybe I didn't get my message across exact when I watched it back. I'm like, eh, I could have maybe done a little better. 
I like Calvin Cater a lot. I've liked Calvin Cater for a while. He's 34. Time is now. Josh Emmett, 37. Um, injury prone, big, big power. But if you look at Josh Emmett's fights, he's either dominating or he's losing. And some of those losses, he's come back and win, right? The Michael Johnson fight, for perfect example, he was losing that fight. Landed that big right hand. I just, Calvin Cater's is so tough and durable that I think he's going to cruise here in the early, and I think it could maybe get ugly late. Josh Hammond is no stranger to five rounds. He's got carded for days. He's got good wrestling. I think he's going to test Calvin Cater's takedown defense here. Cater looks at me in incredible shape, like always, leaned out. Um, and I just like Calvin, uh, Calvin. I just like Calvin Cater's skills here better. Like, you know, his, I think his power is good, obviously not as good as Emmett's. And I think his striking at distance is better. I think Emmett likes to explode and his timing and speed are very, very good. Um, but I think, you know, I just think Calvin, if he fights a smart fight, can win this fight wherever, really prevent the takedowns, stand up on the feet. And I think he can get the job done. I'm very big, big on Calvin Cater. And, and the, the reason I said I didn't like the breakdown is what I was trying to get to the point of is there's I've noticed lately and maybe it's yeah, people have been noticing this for a while. But I just I've noticed this that fighters, when they get dinged around a little bit, they go back. And, and sometimes a lot of them aren't the same fighters where it's like, OK, I'll go in there. If I start getting hit and I'm biting on my mouthpiece, I'm just going. I don't want a three-round war anymore. I don't want to fucking put ice packs in my face for a month. I don't want a broken nose surgery. I just want to go in there and get it done, right? Some fighters have done that where they just go, let's fucking go out on my shield. Let's see where the chips fall. Other guys have really evaluated themselves and went into their mental and said, okay, what went wrong there? Well, I got emotional when I was getting hit. I got emotional when I was getting fucking tagged up. In the Giga fight, Calvin got hit a lot. And he did not react the same way against Max. Max, he got emotional. Giga fight, deep breath. Okay, you got me on that. You got me on that exchange. Let me get the other one. It's a maturity. It's a confidence thing. It's what Max does. He learned that from Max. That's what Dustin Poirier has done. Dustin Poirier used to be kind of chinny. He quit in the Korean zombie fight a million years ago. Connor put him out in the first round. Michael Johnson knocked him out. There's been times where he's been chinny. Now he gets hit. And even if he gets wobbled, even if he gets buzzed, he takes a minute. Calm yourself down. Okay, I'm okay. I just got chin checked right there. Other elite fighters have been doing this forever. Chuck Liddell in his prime did it. And other fighters as well. And Calvin Cater, instead of coming back after that horrible Max beating, came back a better fighter. And it's so cliche to say that. I'm such an asshole for saying it, but it's fucking true. It's true. He came back better. And I think uh, he looked dominant against Jigu, who I think is a more dangerous opponent than Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett has like good power and okay wrestling. I think G has better striking the kicks, the hands. I think Josh Emmett does obviously pose a threat with the power, but I wish I was getting Calvin Cater at a lower line here. Minus two forty is pretty steep, but I'm going to take him when I'm taking on my slime ball parlay. So the slime ball parlay is Calvin Cater, Adrian Yanez and Cody Stamen. That's plus plus one thirty. It's very low. It might not be worth the squeeze, but how does that lose? How does that lose? It doesn't. People are saying, oh, Calvin Cater could get caught. No, no, no. I'm confident in Cater. Look at me in the eyes. Look at my crazy eyes. Don't look at the wonky one. Look at the crazy one. I'm confident in Calvin Cater. Um, I went with the guys I trust the most. I love these guys. Stamen, I think, has a great matchup. Yanez. Good matchup. Plus, I think he's a special fighter. Same with Calvin Cater. I think he's a special fighter. I think he's going to do some good things here uh, Friday night. I think it could be a late 
Uh, most people are going to play by decision because Emmett is, is 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 great, but I think I'm going to go KO by Calvin Cater. Maybe not put a lot on that, but I definitely like Cater in the slime ball. So that's the slime ball parlay. One more time. Calvin Cater, Adrian Nez, Cody Stamen, plus 130 for your money. We're going to play 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 units on that. We're going to keep it under two units. That's what I'm looking to play on it. My locks are send them home, Joe Lozon, but great betting opportunity, live betting opportunity, excuse me, for that fight. But I like Joe early. Joe round one will be a nice number. Mortal lock, Adrian Nez. That's my guy. I think he pieces up Tony Kelly. I think he's going to look good. Going to be a dogfight, though, even though I don't like Tony Kelly and I think he's a racist bitch. Um, that is going to be a, a dogfight. And then uh, Jeremiah Wells is my underdog. I don't know how these locks lose. Court McGee could Court McGee because he's a fucking dog in there. But uh, I like Jeremiah Wells, man. I like the guy's skills. That's it. Sorry for yelling a lot. I'm excited. I'm back on camera. I'm not sick anymore. I got my new toy that I've been playing with all night. My wife's going to come in and be like, hey, the kids are asleep. You want to go to bed? I'm like, I'm playing with my toy. I guarantee you that's going to happen tonight. So go ahead and make fun of me if you want. Brian Petrie, MMA on Twitter. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube, which is where you're watching this video. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the comment button. I'll comment back. We'll have a nice little chat. Tell me how awesome I am. Tell me how much I suck. Catch me on Anakin Florian Podcast every week, uh, which is most of you probably have heard me from that. But if you haven't, go 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 check that out on the handicapper over there. Um, but yeah, go follow me on Twitter. MMA, uh, Brian Petrie MMA on Twitter. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. And uh, that's it. That's it. Hit subscribe button. Rate and review. And uh, that's about it, baby. Let's go. Let's make some picks with our man Brian Peter. Perfect week for Brian Petrie yet again. Let's make some picks with our man Brian Petrie.